0: Check. Check. So well, there's only three points. To this, so we don't need to use the black, the whiteboard. Sometimes it's really good to look at some notes because you get some little tidbits that are not timbits, tidbits <laughs> that are. Uh, Lovely. Sometimes I make some notes or some something. The well, it's only got two here. Okay, let's do three. <laughs> uh, these three divisions: loving kindness, uh, relative compassion, and absolute compassion. It is explained in hundreds of texts, English, Tibetan. Doesn't matter. Over and over and over again. But it's so profound; it's worth stating because it actually is at the heart of this. The foundation for all good qualities, not the the deepest foundation, but the foundation that we all need is more and more scope of universal loving-kindness. If that's not brought about strongly, then compassion will be very weak. There's nothing to rest it on. And loving-kindness is often misunderstood as an affectionate, uh, affectionate state, but actually, it is kindness. It really It's the translation, metta. Metta means kindness, but also means to mix, inseparably mix. It means that you will take care of what a person needs to give them sustenance, to give them nourishment, to make them feel good. This is a very important distinction, to be able to feel good, to be able to feel kind to people, to give them a feeling that they're loved, they're supported, they're nourished by food, by clothing, by medicine, by good feeling. So imagine a person that doesn't have good feeling, body, mental, good feeling, is at a very big disadvantage when they want to sit and meditate. (laughs) And they're at a very big disadvantage when you say, well, now engender compassion for all beings. Why? (laughs) <laughs> Wasn't it for me? Why? It's be a natural response. Why, why should I? What, what am I going to get out of it? So loving kindness, which is metta, that's the, the the Pali word, or mitra or mitri, is about feeling a feeling of ease in your body that allows you to be malleable, which is also one of the meanings, meanings of the word metta. Malleable, soft, not Mushy soft. Don't ever think that someone like the Dalai Lama is mushy soft. Not for a second. Or utilawanta. Or the 16th Karampa. Or the 17th Karampa. Not mushy soft. No, 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 no. But a heart, a being of loving kindness that will do whatever they can to put into place the support of beings to awaken. Okay? So, the, the, so that is really important. But So loving kindness, or metta, doesn't awaken beings but provides the support that you need and other beings need, the, the foundation, the ground for which all good qualities come up. Does that make sense? It's about feeling good. It's about feeling at ease. It's about feeling good about yourself. It's like having a good belly. It means you can eat things. You try new foods. You go to new places. You can read different kinds of books. You can meet people and not be, uh, they're going to do me in, aren't they? Being able to actually mix. And one of the meanings of meta is solvent. I like that. Solvent. A solvent. Because one thing mixes beautifully in another. So remember, if you're having a difficulty, you might want to consider whether the meta has a weakness to it. And you want to go from the individual, meta of the individual, which is parents maybe, difficult in our society. But in, in, in the East, you start usually with your mother because you have such devotion for your mother. Here we go. Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 no. Oh, okay, loving kindness for your father. No way. <laughs> so, so, in that sense, we can go back to the old text of the Vimutti Magga, Vasuddhi the Magga, then um, emphasize starting with your beloved Dharma teacher. And of course, in this society, so many people have difficulties with authority. I don't think so. Not the Dharma teacher. Sorry, not the meditation teacher. Not your your Lama. Well, you might. Uh, But you have to find somebody to start with who you're affectionate towards but not gooey or um, intimately uh, have affection. And you move it from there all the way to people that you don't know that well, people that you have issues with, eventually to people that you're enemies or people who have a very difficult time And they have a very difficult time with you. They might even want to kill you. So the progression is from easy to extremely difficult. And then to all beings. A feeling of utter ease for the universe of all beings. Okay. Yeah, that's how it progresses. That's an incredibly important foundation for everything that we'll do. but it doesn't mean you're liberated and you can get into profound meditative states of loving kindness, profound. Like you'll never want to do anything at all. It's so beautiful. You just want to sit in retreat and nothing else but loving kindness. But actually, you're at right at the edge of Mahamudra. Because if you were to actually look at that mind in such an easeful, friendly, open state of wishing all beings goodness, Happiness, wellness—it's perfect to cross over into looking at the mind, which is what a mind of love, effortless love, spontaneous love, love without contrivance. Okay, so that's called loving kindness, and that's absolutely uh, essential. And you'll see that almost all the teachings of the fivefold, the presentation of the fivefold Mahamudra beyond these very short pith teachings, will then introduce loving-kindness. They'll always start with that and say, a heart of loving-kindness must be developed. Okay? So the next one, now there's two. Yes? Can you talk about the, the relationship between compassion and forgiveness? Because I find that it's the latter that, that I'm struggling towards the former. OK, let's, let's come to that when we talk about compassion. Um, if you're in a state of loving-kindness, really good loving-kindness, genuine loving-kindness, uh, forgiveness is just there. Forgiveness, forgiveness will come up. But now here's the part about compassion. If the being is dangerous, mentally or physically and mentally dangerous, either with body, speech, or mind, be forgiving, but like having a pit viper, a venomous pit viper in your house (laughs) or in your bedroom, be careful. That's compassionate. Does that make sense? So it's one thing to forgive and be stupid. It's another thing to forgive and be intelligent. Because the being that you're forgiving may still have the same patterns and may still bite you in the bum. And they may have venom. That intelligence is compassion. At the same time, that forgiveness allows newness and freshness to happen, and even the change of that being over time, and yourself over time, or new skills. There's a wonderful story. I I, I never met this being. Uh, He's still alive, but a very uh, famous uh, Tibetan Lama who was in um, a, a Chinese prison for maybe 20 years, 15, 20 years. And a very good practitioner who talked about being tortured, beaten every week by his Chinese captors. Really rough go. And when he was asked, I think, by the Dalai Lama, who met him when he came, when he was freed, came out of Tibet, the Dalai Lama said, what, "What did you learn?" He says, "My only thing I learned is I didn't have enough compassion for my jailers, enough love for them." That's my fault." Now something. Yeah. Quite something. Now, so we now have two divisions we have of compassion. We have relative compassion and what's called ultimate or absolute compassion. This is a very important to understand about this this progression. Why? We all need to practice relative compassion and listen to the difference in language. Love is: may all beings be well and happy, may they be nourished, may they feel good. May they feel at ease, may they feel comfortable, may their minds be well- massaged, flexible, soft, open, kind, yes? Compassion's different. Same, different. You'd like a black and white, but it's not. Same but different. May all beings be free of suffering. language. May all beings be free of suffering. May I be free of suffering. May all beings be free of all kinds of suffering. Now, relative compassion is suffering short of the transcendental. That means, because oh, tra- transcendental isn't suffering, short of transcendental experience. What do I mean by that? All sufferings created by environment, all sufferings created by illness, a broken leg, a, a, uh, a living conditions that aren't uh, good for, for uh, unfolding or for being in good states. Anything, whether it's physical or mental suffering. Does it make sense? So you could be an incredibly, at a relative level, a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, a teacher, a friend, being extremely compassionate to remove suffering temporarily. Fixing up a broken leg, brain surgery, heart surgery, hmm? providing insulin and antibiotic, laughing, uh, some money to get on a bus, somebody to have a meal, helping a person go to school, helping a person go to retreat, all these kinds of things. This is all relative compassion. We all need to practice relative compassion. With intelligence. Uh, when was the last time you gave somebody on the street who's asking for money money to go and have another drink? Is that compassionate? No. Money to go to a clinic? Yes. Money to go see someone for help? Yes. It's interesting. Once when I, I had an apartment rented on Fourth and Vine, yeah, Fourth and Vine for about a year, a year and a half with Lynn, She's very sick, and uh, sometimes we go out. Uh, to the Greek restaurant or server restaurant, and we get an extra serving of food. Or we make extra food. We take, it, put it in styrofoam, and we someone on the street around Whole Foods uh, would be asking for money, and we'd say, Here, here's a whole beautiful fresh hot meal. I don't want it. Money. Yeah. Okay. I don't want it. Money. Beautiful hot meal. So you have to use use intelligence, intelligence. No suffering. No no beings' minds of suffering. So we all need to practice and develop loving kindness. We all need to practice and develop relative compassion. Thank good for thank goodness for psychotherapists. Thank goodness for comedians. <laughs> see I put the two together? <laughs> thank goodness for good politicians. Thank goodness for a good school teacher. Thank goodness for good mums and dads. You know what I mean? Relative compassion, relative compassion. Doctors, lawyers, dentists. My, I, I really enjoy my dentist, Dr. Hacker. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely guy, Dr. Hacker. Says as long as you keep getting your teeth clean, you stay away from me. We have a very good relationship. <laughs> Keeps your teeth healthy. We have a very good. Never actually, he's never done any work on me except to look at my teeth. In all the years, he says, stay away. <laughs> That's our relationship. I'm going to stay away from you. I like you, but I'm going to stay away as long as possible. (laughs) Because as soon as you don't, it's very expensive. (laughs) But compassion. Lovely man. Lovely man. Compassion. So we all need that. We all need to practice it at whatever level generosity, helping beings, supporting beings to have less suffering education, opportunities, less often. So what do they feel? Temporary happiness. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a really important thing, to feel temporarily good until they break their leg again, until they go skiing and break their arm or or fall down their steps or do something, the same repetitive pattern. But at least help them to give them some space. Does that make sense? Give them space. Give them space to grow. As I said this morning, and I think last night, it doesn't matter how good your life is. It doesn't matter how good your support is. You can be middle class or upper middle class from Toronto and never awaken. As a matter of fact, you have a good chance of not. Life is really, really good. Why would you? Why would you ever come here for this? Go to a movie. Buy another car. Do something. Hmm? So it doesn't doesn't matter how good the relative world is for you. It doesn't mean there's going to be liberation. It doesn't mean, ultimately, you're going to be happy. It doesn't mean, ultimately, you're going to be compassionate. So the only way to, to, to perfect compassion is to know what the root of suffering is the path out of, the, of suffering and what freedom is. So here are the three. Recognize how suffering comes about with utter clarity, wisdom. Not something you've read in a book. Something you've discovered in your heart. You know how it occurs. You know what clinging is. You know how it builds. Right? And you see how suffering actually gets built. Number two, you've discovered freedom, real freedom. Not because of an object, not because of a thought, simply freedom of mind that has no boundaries, has utter scope for anything. Doesn't come, doesn't go, doesn't go away when you go to sleep, doesn't go away when you're sick, doesn't go away when you're mad, it's just there. Pervasive. Pervasive freedom. Number three, That wisdom, over time, through study and application, especially through deity yoga, builds the skills of leading people through the path of what they individually need to liberate. Absolute compassion. Absolute compassion is called what? Mahamudra. (laughs) There's no no other word for it. Mahamudra, Dzogchen, Buddha mind, Buddha nature, all-encompassing innate mind, call it what you want, God, call it what you want. Absolute compassion is absolutely having confidence in what is freedom and what is not freedom. That wisdom, that's what's called wisdom. That's the definition of wisdom. Anything short of that is called knowledge which is called relative knowledge. Discovering the Higgs boson is really clever. I give my applause. That's, that was a good achievement in science. It's a very difficult thing to do. It doesn't liberate anybody. High level knowledge, but it doesn't liberate anybody. See? The discovery of freedom, the, the, the um, freedom boson, that was my one of my nicknames from Namjoon Rusha was was uh, Bozon quark. For 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 quite a, some years, my you, you uh, oh, there's Bozon quark. That was a nice nickname. I didn't really sure it was Bozo, but <laughs> 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 it's probably quark and bozo, you know, bo- Bozo quark, you know. Actually, you know where the word you know where the word quark comes from? The na- quark subatomic particle? Sub- no, it's from um, not Lewis Carroll. Uh, James Joyce. Um, three was it three marks for three marks for muster? No, three quarks for muster. Mark something like that. It's a, in a poem. Mm-hmm. So the the person that named it had been reading James Joyce. So they called these these so-called particles quarks from James Joyce, which has to do with a pun. I think a pun on the name Mark, quark. I never made it through James Joyce, just didn't, three three or four pages and I went, oh my God. So the question is about absolute compassion, what actually leads to freedom? The Mahamudra, reality, non-delusion. What it confers is a confidence through direct experience and evidence that beings, that that being comes in contact with, become more free in their being. So the effect of absolute compassion is what? Leading beings in to experience freedom not patching up their leg. We need people to do that. We need people to do brain surgery. We need people to help people with their emotions. But it doesn't actually... It's an antidote. Did you follow? It's an antidote. So, in, in the tradition of Tantra, tradition of Vajrayana, it's very clear. Absolute compassion is the realization of the nature of mind. It's Mahamudra, Buddha nature. Nothing short. The experience of shunyata, the experience of emptiness. But not just emptiness. Emptiness merged inseparably with compassion. That's the difference. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that to you. That, that is in the heart of the, of the fivefold Mahamudra. So let me give you ex- a brief example. The, people keep sometimes asking me, why am I practicing? Because hard, eh? Why am I practicing the Deity Yoga, the Yidam Yoga, technical name Yidam Yoga? Why? Compassion. It brings about tremendous skill and means for freeing beings. It also brings about the experience, very quickly, of emptiness and appearance conjoined. Guru Yoga? Dharmakaya. Dharmakaya. Essence of mind, essence of mind, essence of mind. Skill for essence of mind, compassion, deity yoga. As Namjur Rinpoche once said, if if you want to be free, don't practice tantra. Don't practice tantra. If you want to be free, don't practice. you want to be compassionate and free, practice tantra. Mahamudra, essence of mind. But the, what is Mahamudra? It's the unity of compassion and wisdom. The unity, not the separation. Not just wisdom. Compassion and wisdom. I'll get into more of that this evening, hmm? <laughs> if I'm <not> from <laughs> <laughs> But I can usually teach when I'm asleep too. Just, I mean, I'm. I do not know if I'm teaching. I, I never, never. i not never been convinced that I'm actually teaching when I'm talking, because how do you actually talk? Well, first of all, I'm not thinking, so who, who's doing the teaching? It's really nice. I don't just get out of the way. And who, who's doing the teaching? I don't have to think about it. Clearly not this being. That's, that's, that's the good part. So if I'm here tonight and I'm sleepy, <laughs> you'll know that if I'm speaking, it's really quite effortless. It's a joke, but I have to be very careful. Don't, don't smile. Any questions about that? That's a very important. One. That, that To understand why the 5 uh, fivefold Mahamudra, it, it really comes back to that division of loving-kindness and the twofold division of, of compassion. If you don't understand that, you keep going, why am I doing all this? Why am I doing all this? Why am I doing all this? It's to bring out Uh, Absolute compassion, which rests on those two ones, loving-kindness and relative compassion, bring it out to its fullest extent. That's how it's done. And absolute compassion is not just the experience of emptiness. It's emptiness that must be conjoined inseparably with compassion, or it's off it's rotten, it's off, it's missed its mark, so to speak. It's quirk. Okay. If, someone's, if someone's actually having experience of claims, or having experience of emptiness, and it's not imbued with compassion, it's not the path of full liberation. That's for sure. And it's not a bodhisattva stage. It's something else. sometimes it's even dubious if it's actually emptiness. It might be a really good state of calm, which can be taken as emptiness. But by the way, a really good state of calm is by nature what? Emptiness. There you go. This question is recognition. Any questions about that? Is that clear? Excellent, excellent. So, uh, you see uh, bumper stickers now, acts of kindness? Well, random random acts of kindness. No, don't make it random. Go practice. Random acts of kindness. Practice, 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 practice. We practice until it becomes natural. And we practice to eliminate silly compassion. Join me by silly compassion. Useless compassion. Things that actually ripen for beings. They actually ripen. So some people have asked me, why do the people spend a lot of time in retreats? They're not being very compassionate. It's the most compassionate thing you can do. So remember this. The realization of the nature of mind is the most compassionate thing you could do. Make sense? No? Why the emphasis on this? The most compassionate thing some of you could ever do would be to go into retreat and realize the nature of mind. Do you hear what I said? Go into retreat and realize the nature of mind, not go into retreat and develop calm. Not go into retreat and have good laughs. Not go into retreat and be in the jacuzzi all day. Not go into retreat and come out and feeling, well, if it's not, if I don't feel good every day, I'm not obviously doing something, right? No, no, we don't care. We don't care if you're feeling good. What's it about? Freedom, uncovering freedom. Uncovering freedom, most compassionate thing you could ever do, however you do it. Why? You'll help, You'll help infinite number of beings out of misery. Out of misery. But Miller Rape only taught a few students. That's all he needed to do. Look what he did. Right? Taught a few students. Talopa. He only had one major disciple, Naropa. What a layabout. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Look what it did. Look at the incredible awakening of, of someone like Naropa and Talopa. Look what it gave rise to. Look what it gave rise to. Go to India or come to Canada, wherever he is, go, go meet the 17th Karma. Direct lineage holder of all those transmissions. Look what it gave rise to. Oh my goodness. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Helping millions of beings, millions and million beings we don't even know are being helped. Countless beings, great. Okay, see you, and uh, we can be back. What quick supper? Back contractor supper? Half an hour? <laughs> back in <the> seats. <laughs> see you at seven thirty. Okay, that's plenty of time. Um. Yes. No. Is there no class tonight?
1: No, there oh. was,
0: but... There was? There is. There is? It's supposed to end, at, end 730. at 7.30. Oh, it's supposed to end at 7.30. <laughs> but we're very happy if you change that. Oh, well, what would you like? I, I, I don't look at those things. I, those are course <laughs> yes. announcements. I don't, I, don't, I don't read those. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no problem. There's no problem. Right? No. I don't have to teach this evening. Would you like to call no, it a... No, we would like no. to. <laughs> like <laughs> we we like can't we like go home now. now. No. No, no. Would seven? Would, would seven o'clock be better for you? Yes. That's fine with me. Seven o'clock, great. it's okay. five. It's five thirty-six. Is an hour I'm a short? Sure. It's plenty. An hour and a half. Um, that makes hour. that makes an hour and a half. Yes. Almost. That's good. good. That's fine. Yeah. Great. And what about you? Are you your oh, I have no idea, man. That's that's in the future. <laughs> just because I'm just because I'm I'm asleep right now and talking. <laughs> don't don't think that that's any concern. Not so many times. Actually, <laughs> just talking. <laughs> it seems to be the same. Anyways. So sleep, not sleep. Yes, there's 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 a there's a record of, a, of of three different famous llamas that study under somebody I forget their names this is just like a 1,000 years ago. One did great works all the time. The other one was always deep in meditation. The other one was a sleeper. They slept all the time. <laughs> but, when, but between uh, sleeping sessions, would cry and actually uh, weep for the suffering of all sentient beings. When they asked their teacher which one was the highest, they said, the being that slept a lot, <laughs> but, but had a heart of compassion and realized that the work was to unfold all makes interesting. But they said, Well, he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. It's a story. By this powerful activity, may it lead to the cessation of uh, the aswas, the floods for all beings. So when you come on as the lucky one who do and when you on as the lucky may all beings be we all happy may all beings be established in a continuity of freedom, the perfect union of wisdom and compassion. Saramangalam, Saramangalam, Saramangalam. Good. <laughs>